Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, since our last recordings, I had a lot of different thoughts going through my head with um, life in general type stuff. And I was trying to think through my head, how does the church address life? Because in general, the church has been part of society for 2,000 years. They've seen what works, seen what hasn't. Uh, they had their processes of addressing, these are things we should teach, these are things we should not teach. And as I was going through that process of just kind of self-figuring out how I should feel about this, that, or the other, I kind of found that most of my questions were funneling down into concepts that the church has defined, but might seem, as you would say, something that we got to hold in tension. Um, as, as, as you have said many times through your teachings here. And essentially, it's coming down to this idea that as Christians, we are called to grow in virtue, essentially become better people. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're called to grow in all of the virtues. While at the same time, we are told that we are all made in the image of God, which I might be making an incorrect assumption here, but to me, kind of implicitly says you're completely awesome the way that you are. So I'm seeing this in my head kind of tension that probably is from an incorrect assumption that's saying, on the one hand, you are called to push yourself to grow better and to become deeper, more virtuous person. While on the other hand, hey, everyone's made the way they are. You don't have the right to push them or to expect more out of them. So that's kind of the overall jolt of, of where my thoughts for the last couple of weeks have been heading. And it seems all to be in that tension, which might be a completely wrong analogy to start with. So if it is, please correct me. But that's kind of the feelings I'm having of we are called to be better, but at the same time, do we really have the right to expect more from someone else? Um, yeah, that's... Uh... It's a great way to present that uh, situation. We use that phrase being in the image and likeness of God quite a bit, and that could be understood in different ways. It's, it's really talking about human dignity, and it boils down to qualities of our capacity to think, uh, our reason, our intellect, and our, and our free will, our capacity to make free choices. And then also our, uh, some dimensions of our relationality, being made and able to have a communion of persons. So that phrase, the image and likeness of God, comes from the creation account in Gen Genesis. And uh, male and female, he made them in the image of God. Uh, he created them. And so male and female, uh, somehow in, it, in its complementarity and communion, is also in the image and likeness of God. But but uh, traditionally, image referring to intellect and likeness referring to free will is one way to look at it. Um, also, another is, is that we have the image, uh, it's imprinted on us, and yet we have to grow into the likeness is another way that that's been looked at. So there's a, kind of a lot of different ways that that phrase has been used throughout the tradition. But the, the basic concept is, um, you know, this is... Uh, just, a, just an analogy that falls short in lots of ways, but it's like the child of uh, an Olympic athlete or an Olympic athlete when 
he or she was a child is in the image of an Olympic athlete, but has to grow into one. Um, so the idea is a matter of growing. What can we grow into? You know, I'm not going to grow into a dolphin. Uh, I'm not going to grow into a chimpanzee. I'm going to grow into a saint. And so the process of growth is a, is a process of uh, growing not only in uh, stature, in weight and height, it's also a matter of growing in holiness. We're actually formed, the human person is formed by the decisions that we make. Each decision moves us in a direction, in a direction towards uh, greater holiness or in a direction away from greater holiness, really. Uh, we, we make all of our decisions and, and that forms who we are as acting persons. So the use of our intellect and freedom, we have intellect and freedom, and then as we use it, it grows or it diminishes. When we choose to do what is good, our freedom expands and we're capable of doing more good. When we choose to do what is evil, our freedom shrinks and we're uh, less capable of doing good. And so each, each decision, each moment is moving in, in one direction or the other direction, depending on the, on the choices we make. So it's a kind of simple way of describing the development of the human person, which is, again, uh, you know, at a physical level, when you choose to eat good things, then your body grows in good ways. And when you choose to eat bad things, uh, depending on the level of the bad, your, your body doesn't grow or actually uh, dies in certain ways. And, and diminishes. So, so we're in a process of growth, but again, what does the, what's the shape of that process? What's the end result look like? What's the, the nature or the kind of fullness of the human person that we're growing into? Well, it's a uh, tremendous dignity. And, and actually, the, the, the full image of what we're growing into is Christ himself. And that's what we even talk about a process of divinization. We're really being divinized as we allow the seeds of grace to grow within us. And we nurture those seeds of grace by the decisions that we make. And, and we grow more and more into Christ. So we're, we're made in the image and likeness of God. And yet there's a, there's a whole growth process to fully embody, to grow to the full maturity of uh, the grow to the full maturity of the full stature of Christ, something like that from Ephesians chapter four, uh, St. Paul describes that. So, um, so the good news is uh, we, are, we are already infinitely loved. And that's also uh, a way to look at this. The foundation, the starting point is that we are made by God, chosen by God, infinitely loved by God. Um, through baptism, we are adopted by God. We are in the family of God. We are baptized into Christ. And so that applies universally to, uh, to all of us Christians, let's say, just to simplify it, all the baptized. Um, all the non-baptized are intended to be baptized. Everybody is pre-baptized, we could say. So, uh, but anyway, all of the baptized are baptized into Christ, and we start at that place but all of us have a future ahead of us. So we're, we're loved by God and we're made for heaven. Um, but, but heaven is the culmination of a process, a process of growth, a process of, of journeying. And that process consists in uh, choices, the exercise of our will. Our will is moved by our emotions and is guided by our intellect. And when we develop those firm dispositions to the good, that's what we call virtues. And that's how we get better at making each of those steps. Again, you can think of the Olympic athlete that has to develop some skills and take some steps and gets better at those things and they become more second nature. Um, but 
but uh, even a pre-Olympic athlete has to grow into being an Olympic athlete. Now, with everybody, there's no reason to believe that uh, your five-year-old is going is destined to be an Olympic athlete. We know that every child is not destined to be an Olympic athlete, but every child is destined to be every baptized child is destined to be a saint. And so that's the good news that that we have that future to grow into. Not all of us into Olympic athletes, all of us into saints. Um, but even a person who could become an Olympic athlete, but never trains, never practices, never does anything, may not grow into an Olympic athlete. That's based on the choices they make. And so likewise with all the rest of us, if we don't exercise virtue, if we don't choose the good, if we don't love God and love others, then we won't grow into a saint, even though all of us have the capacity for that because we're made in the image and likeness of God. And when you think of that, that's something that's, that's incredibly uplifting that, you know, we, we all are capable, you know, I think that we all somewhere inside of us probably deeply bedded from childhood have this notion of you want to hesitate when something you haven't done before is presented, um, especially something that you may never have practiced for or thought was going to happen. Um, you know, I think that each of us can think of examples of that within our own childhood. But you take an example since it's summertime, you may see a kid, a young kid by a pole and all of the other older kids are jumping in. But you see fear that, do I really want to jump in here and get my head underwater and, and all of that fun stuff? While inherently there's nothing wrong with it, but you've never done it. So, so it, there, there's a fear to that. And to hear that in the area of becoming a saint is not something that is, we're not capable of. We're going to come up from the water and we're not going to drown in it. You know, we're going to be able to, to swim and make this happen. Granted, we're going to have to work on our, our skills. And that's something that certainly we, we've talked about a lot. And one of the things that I know that we have discussed here very early on in the recordings of this, uh, what, four years ago now, that was so foreign to me, and, and I'm trying to keep that in mind here for someone who might have just joined us recently, is that when we first began this, I was in my late 20s, and I didn't actually know that sentence you just said, that we all are destined to become saints, and we all can grow in holiness, actually applied to all of us. In my head, it was, it was like you said, that there's this select group that's going to be able to be Michael Phelps and break all the records in the Olympics. And then there's the rest of us who are going to be drinking beer, watching the Olympics. And that was kind of my thoughts of how the, the path of the saint sainthood was. And the way that you articulated it was that we all can do that. You know, we all have the capability of essentially creating good relationships. Yes. Some of us have been in more bad relationships than good, but we all know what a good relationship can be. And, just somewhere into intuitively know how to make things better. And I think that that great message of hope is something that is, you know, very important. And I think very well covered made in the image of God. Um, the second part of my, my question here is what is kind of our role when we see people who are maybe not, we'll say this going back to your eating analogy. The easy thing to say is 
this guy is eating something that's really good for him. You know, he's eating chicken breasts and doing 10 push-ups every day. He's fine. We don't need to worry about him. And it's also really easy to identify the, the only thing that that kid's eat is McDonald's French fries and Doritos. That's going to be a problem. My question was, where do we deal with the gray zone? You know, the people that are kind of doing both. You know, that they're doing some good, they're doing some bad. They don't really seem to care which way they're going as long as, you know, whatever's in front of them they're going to eat. There's no real thought process to it. And to, to turn that to, to spirituality and what we're discussing here is the people that sometimes will do good and sometimes will do whatever is most convenient in front of them. Or maybe always do what's most convenient in front of them. And sometimes that option is virtue and sometimes that is vice. So what is our duties and responsibilities when we see that both within ourselves and with others? Yeah, I, I think uh, certainly easier to look at ourselves and, and try to be really honest with ourselves. Um, so a, another basically hopeful thing is we're, we're all made for the good. And so we're all ultimately attracted to that. The basic structure of our emotions is that having what is good brings us joy and having what is wrong or being in the presence of the lack of the good or of evil uh, makes us sad or hurt. So we're actually oriented toward doing what is good and we feel good. It feels good to do good, you know? So we're actually made that way. And ordinarily speaking, now when, when people really go from bad to worse, like they're just pursuing a life of, uh, of evil, essentially of, of malice, of hurting others, of, you know, I mean, really wrapped up in that, then, then things function a little bit differently. Um, but, but anyway, essentially, uh, you know, even somebody who's gone in that direction is still a child of God and is still made to be a saint. There's always hope for everyone. And the beginning point is now. So the best thing to do is make the, the next best decision that you can. Everybody is capable of doing some good right now. And the more that we do good, the more that we are attracted to the good. Now, again, if you've really been set in the wrong direction for a long time, it can take a little bit of energy. You know, we, we do get inertia and it can take some, uh, some energy and some persistence to turn that around. And we often can't do it on our own. We really need community. We need help with that. And we certainly need God. The best thing to do right now is to say a prayer and ask God for help. If there's, you know, that mixture of stuff in your life or if you're really going in the wrong direction and you know it, ask God for help and just speak that prayer right now. That's the next best thing that, that any of us can do. And then getting some help to start changing some things and change one thing at a time. I mean, I love this is where Jordan Peterson is so practical and so accessible. You know, he just says, like, right now, pick up the heaviest burden that you can carry. So. For somebody that might just be making your bed, cleaning your room, uh, do something to bring a little bit of order into the chaos. And when you do one thing, that'll start to give you some energy to do the next thing. And that's the, that's the best step that we can take one step after another, uh, just taking up the, the next burden that, we can, uh, that you can carry. And then aim towards the highest goal. 
So uh, we, do, we don't want to just set our sights on, you know, being, uh, being mediocre failures. Let's, let's aim our, our, heights, our sights on the highest goal, which is Christ, ultimately. Uh, even Jordan Peterson, he's not sure that he believes in, uh, uh, believes in the same things that Christians do, identifies Christ as the highest goal, as uh, the highest ideal to strive for. So, but that's the thing, uh, just starting where we are and then continuing to do the good. And, and then I would say we move from there to never intentionally do what you know is wrong. So there's a lot of places where we're mixed, you know, whether it's nutrition or whether it's moral decisions, it's like, okay, I mean, Doritos aren't evil, you know, it's like, I can have it, you know, so can I have a, a little bag of Doritos? Yeah, probably. Can I have 16 bags of Doritos? Well, I, you know, probably that's not great, but like, where's the in-between place? Mm-hmm. Can I have a bag of Doritos every day? So there's a lot of gray space that we're like, I don't know if this is the best, but we're also not quite clear that it's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But at least we can cut out the things that we know are wrong. So eating poison is definitely wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's some decisions, you know, just slandering somebody, violently attacking somebody, uh, trying to cause people pain just for the sake of causing them pain. You know, it's Jordan Peterson's basic definition of evil is, is inflicting pain on other people simply for the sake of making them hurt. So that's malicious. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so we don't want to do that. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> we can cut that part out. That's real helpful. Now there's a lot of gray space and, and that's where I should really look myself in the eye and ask myself the question, is this the best thing? So I cut out the worst thing. And then I move into the gray space. And then I also want to strive for like, okay, what's the, you know, if I ask the question, how do I bring out the best in someone else? How can I do the best thing for somebody else? What's, you know, the definition of love is willing the good of the other. Choosing to do what is going to be good for someone else is an act of love. Um, so then look to one person in your life. What's an act of love? What's one good thing I can do for this person? And do it. And, you know, then keep asking the question and keep looking to others in your life and keep doing that thing. And then in some of the gray space, it's like, okay, it's not the worst thing that I can do. Uh, It's not definitely bad, but is it the best thing that I can do? Well, I don't know about that. Well, can I move the dial in that direction? And, And that's how we just little by little, you know, and we have to look at all the areas of our lives. We tend to live fairly compartmentalized lives that you know, the way that I am at work, the way that I am at home, the way that I am at the supermarket, the way that I am, you know, at the park, the way that I am when I'm exercising, the way that I am, you know, we're, we act a little bit differently in different scenarios in our lives. And we really need to look at all of those scenarios. And we should have a consistency, you know, I shouldn't be like a total jerk in the workout room, and then like, try to be nice to my wife, and then only act you know, off camera at work and behave when nobody's looking or, or when, when somebody's looking or, or whatever. Like we want to, we want to push a consistency in our lives because we, we don't actually, you know, we can't really live a double life. The things I do in one space of my life affect me and change the ways that I behave in other spaces in my life. So we have to keep aiming towards that consistency and smoothing out those, those differences where, my wife would be shocked if she saw how I act at work, you know, mm-hmm. like that's not good. Uh, we can't live a double life that way and, and really get away with it. So 
Um, anyway, those are some concrete steps. So don't do what is what you know is wrong, and then keep aiming toward doing the best for other people, and then take a serious look at some of the gray space and ask yourself, is this the best I can do? Could I move the dial a little bit farther forward? And then look at all of the different areas of your life and try to be consistent across those different areas. And one of the things that help people and may also hurt people in, in this particular application of this is we all kind of have this natural autopilot through life. You know, we all have this ability for some reason to be able to recall the last six words someone said in a sentence to us. So even if we're not really paying attention to what they just said, we can, you know, verbatim back to them. You know, I think we learned that as a child. Did you pay attention to what I was saying? And we can do that. And where I'm bringing this up here is, I think most of us have this, as you said, this desire to do good and we all just kind of know it, but where we get in trouble, and this is a very real thing, might be an American thing, but I think it's a human nature thing that we, unless we concretely set time to implement it, it becomes a good idea that we put in the back shelf of our mind. And yeah, it's going to have some passive effect on us. But unless we put time in to concretely do it and to concretely plan to implement this into our lives, you know, at the end of the day, you don't randomly just write a nice email to someone. You have to sit down and do it, you know, whether even if it's just on your phone. So one thing I call everyone to do here is just put a time block or just even if it's just a weekly 10 minutes or something in your calendar that gives you a little ping that says, okay, you know, it's Monday. Mondays are never awesome, but I'm going to start my day here to do something, you know, call someone or, or do something that, that will make something happy. Um, and I think that that is the step of discipline that really separates most of us from everything. Like we all have these great intentions. Like I'm going to go walk for five miles this week. And then you wake up and it's Friday morning, you haven't done any miles, and you're just like, well, I'll try again next week. Well, that's not really a way to make progress with this. Well, you're not implicitly doing something wrong because your time's getting sucked up doing other neutral to, to somewhat positive activities. You're not going all the way for the ideals. So that's, that's what I would give as, as an action step. Put something on your calendar for a realistic block of time, you know, start with with 15 minutes and then see where it goes from there just once a week and just have it grow. Because when you focus on just the best, that middle zone kind of teases itself out a little bit. You know, you might not know exactly what's healthy for you and not, but if you eat a really healthy diet for three weeks and then you eat something in the middle, your body will let you know if that was a good idea or not a good idea. And my experience has been the same with the growing and holiness. If you do something continuously and plan on doing more and more holy time, you'll just kind of know uh, whether it was right or wrong after the fact. And to, to give one last analogy here before I, I give it to you for the final words here, Father, my thoughts with this are, when you know, like a couple weeks from now, you have to wake up way earlier than you normally do, and you have to be functioning and ready, you know, to go at that time. 
there's basically two ways you can approach it. You can live your normal life, and then that day of your alarm goes off, and you just hope you're ready, and you slam a lot of coffee and hope it works out. Or there's, okay, I know that I have two weeks here. I'm going to just wake up each day 10 minutes earlier than normal. So when I get to that point, I'll be naturally awake and alive because I've trained myself to do it that way. The second way where you do it naturally 10 minutes earlier each day is sustainable for the long run. Waking up really early one day and shooting a lot of coffee is not sustainable. It might get you through a short burst, but it's not going to be sustainable throughout, throughout the long haul. So with that being said, I wanted to, to give you the final word as we conclude here today. Well, I like your suggestion, Joe, to, to set aside a concrete amount of time where it's real easy to <laughs> wish that one were less uh, drank, less ate better, worked out more, prayed more, uh, behaved better, volunteered more, did more good. You know, I mean, it's, it's real easy to just sort of wish that that were the case. Um, but it starts with uh, concrete decisions and a concrete decision starts with as little as 10 or 15 minutes and whatever gets you motivated to do that, um, maybe right at the end of this podcast, just do something for someone um, or really look at where are the places in your life that you are doing what you know is wrong. Stop it. Don't do what you know is wrong. Uh, now we end up in kind of compulsive patterns and things like that, but um, anyway, we, uh, as much as we can stop destroying ourselves, uh, we should do that. And, and I, again, the, uh, the point that I made up front, which is that we, um, you know, we're loved by God. It's always the starting point. So none of this is a matter of earning love. There's one who already believes in us and already has given us everything we need to take the next step. And so um, sometimes people that are most held back are the ones who also are uh, most uncertain of whether they are loved and worthwhile and good. And, and God does love us. That's part of what's being made in his, in his image and likeness. So start with knowing that he believes in you and then ask him for help and start making some steps forward. And a beautiful thing for us to carry throughout this week and the next week. So we thank everyone for listening with us here this week. Please continue to help share us and continue to grow. And we will be with you again next week.